0: Okay, so I know I normally start these episodes with a small prose that summarizes the animal I'll be talking about, and I'll be getting to that in a second. But there's one thing I need to get off my chest before we start. This is not what a bald eagle sounds like. That is the impressive call of the red-tailed hawk. We all have at one point been led astray to believe that this was the call of the bald eagle, but that's not the case. Television and movies have been lying to us for years because the real call of the bald eagle is not as impressive as they would like it to be. This is what the call of a bald eagle actually sounds like. Not what the movies lead us to believe, is it? This isn't the only incident of Hollywood bluffing facts about animals to make them more impressive, and I'm sure it won't be the last time I will talk about on the show. Well, with that out of the way, on with the show. Soaring through the clear skies, the bald eagle has been considered an important and revered symbol in many cultures. In modern American culture, we see this large bird as a sign of freedom and liberty. In Native American culture, this animal is seen to represent many different ideals that vary from tribe to tribe, including being a protector and a harbinger of fertility. Do these noble images that we place upon this bird accurately reflect what the bald eagle is like in reality? On today's episode, we will be delving into the mythos that surrounds one of the most iconic birds in the world. Welcome to Mythozoology. Hello everyone, I'm RJ Connors, and welcome to Mythozoology, where each episode we'll be taking a look at the legends, myths, and misunderstandings that surround the animals that inhabit this world. If I ask you to describe a bald eagle, what's the first word that pops into your head? The ones that I hear most often are majestic, noble, or some variation thereof. The people of the United States of America have a lot of reverence and pride for their country. And as such, we also instill that pride into the objects and symbols that we choose to represent the land we call home. One such symbol is the bald eagle, who has certainly garnered a lot of admiration as the symbol of the country. This admiration also gives this bird of prey a veil of mystique that tends to cloud the public identity of this animal. Much like many of the species that are admired by the general public, the good points of the species get exemplified while the not so admirable qualities are often ignored or altogether forgotten. The bald eagle is not immune from this treatment the bald eagle is a very impressive sight to behold they have a very regal look to them they have a very regal look to them at least when they're perched on a branch or in flight just try not to watch them walking along the ground as many of them tend to give their best rocket impression these birds are also very large with a wingspan that can reach over six and a half feet they are also surprisingly long-lived birds as well with an individual in the wild living a record 38 years. In human care, they can even live to be 50 years old. They are the only eagle species native exclusively to North America, and their range stretches from northern Mexico all the way north into Canada and Alaska. These birds have a wide range of diet as well. As birds of prey, their diet consists primarily of fish, but they will also eat other birds, reptiles, and small mammals. Bald eagles are also not picky on whether their food is alive or dead when they find it as they have been seen eating both live prey and carrion. Bald eagles also have a lifting power of about 4 pounds, so pretty much anything under that weight is fair game. These birds are also known to gorge themselves on a large amount of food at once so that they are able to go days or even weeks without eating. While many depictions of bald eagles you may find will show them actively hunting, like diving to a lake to grab a fish. Bald eagles are more likely to scavenge their food than hunt for it themselves. This is seen as a way to conserve energy as it's much easier to catch and consume something that is already dead than to attack and subdue a living animal. Bald eagles have been recorded dumpster diving and even stealing food from osprey. I guess in that way, they're kind of like the jerky kid in elementary school that started puberty before everyone else, so he thought he could get away with bullying the smaller kids out of their skittle packs that mom bought for them. Not that that's ever happened to me. Bald eagles build their nests in forests near large bodies of water and away from humans. They will pick large mature trees as they construct the largest nest of all birds, measuring in around 4 to 5 feet in diameter. In those nests is where... In those nests is where they will raise their young who will grow rapidly in the first few weeks of their life till they reach the size of a full-grown adult by 10 to 15 weeks old. Bald eagle chicks do not start life with their characteristic white head, however. Instead, they are all brown when they are young, and their plumage won't resemble that of an adult's until around 5 years of age. Something amazing can happen sometimes when two bald eagles meet and the situation is right. Two bald eagles will start flying around each other, and then they will interlock towns with one another and free fall to the ground, twisting and twirling all the way to the earth. Most of the time, the eagles will wait and release right before they hit the ground. This is a sight to behold, and many scientists aren't quite sure why they do this. The commonly held theory, at this moment at least, is that it is either some form of courtship display or way to determine territory between competing eagles. <laughs> eagle chicken. There is a fantastic display of this in a scene from the movie The Big Year, starring Jack Black, Owen Wilson, and Steve Martin, where Jack Black's character stands in awe as he describes the Eagle's ballet-esque plummet to the ground. It's a pretty cool scene. A side note on this movie for a second, based off the book of the same name, this film follows three men on their quest to see as many of North America's birds as possible within one year. It's a pretty fun film that gives a look into the world of birding that is often overlooked, and the lead actors bring some enjoyable, grounded performances to the piece as well. It's a fun movie packed with cameos that I'd highly recommend checking out. Back to the bald eagle, this charming bird has an interesting history in our country's conservation efforts, and helped shape much of what the United States government does for conservation to this day. When the United States was founded, it was believed that there were as many as 100,000 nesting eagles in this country alone. As the agriculture business boomed and the inhabitants of the U.S. started to spread, livestock numbers rose as well. While most eagles prefer to feast on fish or carrion, they're not picky enough to pass up on penned defenseless chicken or rabbit. Naturally, this led to tension between the bird of prey populations and farmers, and the response was, unfortunately, a typical one for Americans when posed with a nuisance animal. Get your gun and kill it. This, coupled with the loss of nesting habitat from deforestation, forced bald eagle numbers into a decline. In 1940, people began to take notice that the species was starting to be threatened with extinction, and the Bald Eagle Protection Act was passed by Congress. The act stated that the killing, selling, or possessing of a bald eagle was prohibited. While this helped, the bald eagle had yet to face its biggest threat from the growing American public. Later in the 1940s, DDT, became widespread as the new leading pesticide to control mosquito and other insects. While the pesticide did work, there were some unwanted consequences. DDT and its residue would be washed off into the streams and rivers where it would be absorbed by the aquatic plants and fish. The bald eagles would eat the fish and become poisoned by the chemical. While not fatal to the animal itself, the DDT poisoning had some particular effects on birds it affected their ability to create eggs with a hard protective shell. This would lead to eggs cracking open during incubation or otherwise being unable to hatch viable chicks. DDT also affected birds like peregrine falcons and brown pelicans in similar ways. In addition to this, the pervasive use of lead bullets was contributing to the decline of bald eagle populations as well, as they would consume lead from the waterfowl killed with lead bullets or otherwise have ingested it. It was so dire that by 1963, there were only about 487 nesting birds left in the world. The U.S. was in danger of joining Scotland as a country whose national animal doesn't exist. Scotland's national animal is the unicorn, in case you were wondering. In 1967, the Secretary of the Interior listed all bald eagles south of the 40th parallel under the Endangered Species Preservation Act. Then, in 1972, the Environmental Protection Agency took the, at the time, controversial step of banning DDT from being used. That became the first step in the decades-long track to bring the bald eagle back from the brink of extinction. Following the enactment of the Endangered Species Act of 1973, the same act that protects many of the U.S.'s iconic endangered animals to this day, the bald eagle was listed as endangered in most of the lower 48 states by 1978. Anywhere it wasn't listed as endangered, it was listed as threatened, except for Hawaii, where bald eagles were never native, and Alaska, where the population had remained large. I remember growing up around this time and in school being told that the only way I was ever going to see a bald eagle would be to go to Alaska or Canada, as the bald eagle was going extinct in the lower 48. Naturally, this upset me because even as a kid, I had a deep love for animals and wanted to explore to see as many of them as I could. The Bald Eagle was downgraded from Endangered to Threatened in 1995, then in 2000 was removed from the list altogether, when it was estimated that they were close to 10,000 nesting pairs in the contiguous United States. And I'm sure many of you have seen with your own eyes that the population has truly made a bounce back. Bald Eagles are showing up in places where they haven't been for decades. While the population numbers may be up, and they aren't protected under the Endangered Species Act anymore, that doesn't mean bald eagles are no longer protected. They are still covered under the Migratory Bird Treaty Act and the Bald Eagle Protection Act, which is now called the Bald and Golden Eagle Protection Act to include North America's other native eagle species. Bald eagles are still under heavy regulations, so much so that even their naturally molted feathers are property of the U.S. government. Owning a single bald eagle feather can result in very heavy fines or even jail time and you don't want to even think about what could happen if you shot a bald eagle. The exception to these protections is approved Native American tribes as they are allowed to own bald eagle feathers as part of their culture and history that we will dive into a little bit later. Just as any animal that is put into the mythic proportions that the bald eagle is, there becomes misconceptions about them that will get misconstrued and taken as fact. The most common incident of this is one I've already discussed. The bald eagle's call is not very epic, at least not compared to that of other birds. This switch, mostly with the red-tailed hawk call, was more than likely a Hollywood trick to boost the image of the eagle and make it more fierce or majestic or whatever the filmmakers were going for. This is similar to how an actor might contour his muscles with makeup to make them appear bigger. It's an illusion that makes the image seem grander than it is which in this case is a very large bird of prey that kind of sounds like a sick seagull. Another misconception has to do with their name. You ask a random person how the bald eagle got their name, and I'm sure you'll get the same answer more often than not. It's because the white feathers on their head make them look bald, they'll say, and while you can't fault them for coming to this logical conclusion, it's not entirely accurate. The bald eagle's head may look bald in comparison to its darker body feathers, but it's not actually bald, And there are other species of carnivorous birds whose heads are in fact bald, such as turkey vultures. The real reason comes down to two different words that don't get used much in our everyday vocabulary. The first is an old English word, bald, which is just the word bald with an E on the ends, and that just means white. The other word is piebald, which is a term used in animal colorations to mean black and white. So the real root of the bald eagle's name can be traced back to two words that really just mean white. In the end, it all comes down to that stark and iconic head of the bald eagle. One of the more interesting myths that is perpetuated is the eagle renewal theory. The theory goes that once an eagle reaches about 30 years old, they will start to look old and ragged. To combat this, the eagle will seclude itself in the mountains, where it will spend the next five months smashing off its beak Removing its talons and plucking all its feathers out in that order, the eagle will then grow all these things back and be good as new, having extended their life another thirty years. An eagle's main tools for hunting and defense are its beak and talons, and while they may grow in a similar fashion to our own fingernails, there is no way a healthy bald eagle would willingly break off its only means of defense in getting food. And while bald eagles do molt their feathers like any other bird species. They would never do it all at once, as this would leave them cold and vulnerable to the natural elements. This theory was more than likely never meant to be taken as fact. It was probably meant to be a parable of sorts, showing that sometimes you must tear yourself down and shed yourself of all your old burdens to build back up anew and stronger. My guess is a motivational speaker probably used this as an example, and because he presented it as fact, the rumor just started to spread from there. Prior to its role as the national symbol of the United States, the bald eagle has been a revered symbol in many Native American tribes all across North America. The role it serves varies from tribe to tribe as much as their own practices and cultures differ. One of the old legends says that the eagle alone can look into the sun. It is told that it can invigorate them while it harms us. Themes like this tend to be a common thread amongst all legends and cultures. The eagle is known as the king of birds, a tier above the normal feathered-clad animals that soar through the skies. In a Aquaquito legend, the bald eagle did have a deficiency, though. It was said that originally, the bald eagle actually had poor eyesight. When he made a deal with the tribe's chief, he had to find a way to improve his eyesight. He approached the snail, who at the time had excellent eyesight. He convinced that snail to trade eyes with him. And that is how the eagle obtained great eyesight. The Pawnee believed the eagle was a symbol of fertility because they built their nests high above the ground to protect their young. The Comanche have a myth of eagle creation that when the young son of a chief passed away, he was transformed into the first eagle as an answer to the prayers of the chief. It is said that this is why the bald eagle dances in the sky, to pay tribute to his memory. One of the most famous stories of an eagle in local legend is the Aztec story of the founding of Tenochtitlan. While the eagle in this story is most likely a golden eagle, like the one in the flag of the country of Mexico, I'm going to include it anyways, because it's an interesting story. The tale goes that the Aztecs were looking for a place to call home. They had spent 200 years moving from place to place, never being able to settle down because their practice of sacrificing people from neighboring tribes turned out not to be too popular with said tribes. The Aztecs had a legend. It was said that their son and war gods had visited a priest many years prior and promised the priest that he would spot an eagle perched on top of a cactus and holding a snake. That specific image would be a sign that they had found their new home. Another part of the story was that they were supposed to settle down the land peacefully. And the tale goes that one day the priest did indeed spot this image in the Valley of Mexico, near Lake Texcoco. They named the land Tenochtitlan, or the Place of the Prickly Pear Cactus. The last story I want to talk about today is the story of how the bald eagle became ubiquitous with the United States of America. On June 20th, 1782, the Continental Congress gathered to approve the new national emblem for the fledgling country. At first, the golden eagle was chosen as a part of the design for the national seal. This was not received particularly well and was changed to the bald eagle, as the golden eagle was a species also found in Europe, a land that the new congress was trying to distance themselves from as much as possible. This came about despite some naysayers that disapproved of the eagle on the national seal. Benjamin Franklin is known particularly for not supporting this and instead suggesting that the turkey, was a suitable replacement. He said that the eagle was a bird of bad moral character as well as a rank coward. With these words, he is pointing to the eagle's propensity to steal a majority of its food instead of catching it itself. Franklin said the turkey, on the other hand, was a much more respectable bird and a bird of courage. Nonetheless, to this day, the bald eagle is emblazoned on her national seal, one of only two official symbols for the United States of America along with the flag. The national seal has undergone a few updates and modernizations over the 200-plus years that this country has existed, but a large portion of the imagery remains constant. An eagle outstretched, with a shield depicting the U.S. flag across its chest, clutching 13 arrows in one talon to represent the original 13 colonies and their power to wage war, and an olive branch in the other to represent peace. Also on the seal is the Latin phrase e pluribus unum, or out of many, one. Just like the lion in the last episode, an animal that is perceived to be the king of its domain creates some truly powerful mythical creatures when they are conceived in the animal's likeness. One such creature is the Thunderbird. The Thunderbird is seen prominently in many Native American cultures. It is often described as an enormous bird that is said to be big enough to carry an adult orca in its talons. It has the ability to create thunder by flapping its wings and is said to even have the ability to produce lightning on occasions. There are many beliefs about the Thunderbird that differ between the various tribes that inhabited the North American continent. In Algonquin mythology, the Thunderbird is said to rule over the overworld while the horned serpent controls the underworld. According to the Menominee, there dwells a great mountain that floats through the sky and is home to the Thunderbirds. The Ojibwe version states that the Thunderbird was for the purpose of fighting underwater spirits and also to punish humans who broke moral rules. The Winnebago states that a man who has a vision of a Thunderbird during a solitary fast is going to become a war chief. As you can see, many tribes hold the Thunderbird in very high esteem and of great importance. This is backed by its prominence in many different forms of artwork present in their cultures. From sculptures to paintings and even clothing items, many tribes use the image of the Thunderbird in pretty much any decorative way possible. While the Thunderbird's presence across the entire continent from culture to culture is interesting to see, especially considering each version shares more similarities and differences, this isn't the only instance of this type of thing happening. For a specific example, just listen to me describe the kappa in my salamander episode. As people diverge and new beliefs and traditions develop, it's not impossible to perceive that one culture may borrow some aspects of another. There's another side to the Thunderbird, however. While every account discussed so far has described the bird in mythical proportions, there are many who claim that the Thunderbird is a real, living, breathing beast. Whenever you discuss the Thunderbird, you have to be aware that there are actually two different entities that go by that name. One is the image of legends that we have discussed, and the other is an elusive reptilian-like animal that has eluded cryptid hunters for over a century. The furthest back account of this creature that I've been able to find is also one of the most prominent, dating back to 1890. Two men in Arizona claimed to have shot and killed a very large bird. This bird wasn't like the one described in Native American cultures, or any work of fiction that takes inspiration from them. This animal was more like something out of a monster movie. Instead of feathers, the body was covered in a smooth skin and had the head of an alligator. This image is akin to the pterodactyl. The report states that the two men carried the large creature back into town after they had killed it. Another mystery that has been a hot topic of discussion within the field of cryptozoology is the search for a missing photograph of a captured Thunderbird that has been presumed to be lost for over a century. While there are many accounts of authors and publishers who have reported to see this alleged photo and speak to its authenticity, viewings of said photo have not been widespread and there are no known publications of said photo. Rumors of specific magazines where the photo may have been published have come around over the years, but nothing substantial has ever come of it. Along with false claims of which magazine may have published said photo, there have also been a number of photos that have surfaced, many online, that have claimed to be the legitimate photo, but all have been proven to be nothing more than a hoax. To this day, the photo has never been uncovered, if it ever existed at all. Some suggest that maybe this collective belief in the photo may be a result of a false memory syndrome, or put in more plain terms, nothing more than an urban legend. We have discussed incidents like this in the past. It can be easy for something to be taken out of proportion and blown up to mythical levels there's been a rumor that the alleged photo may be of nothing more than a really large crane. Whatever the truth is, the legend of the missing Thunderbird photo will live on, perhaps even if the photo that started the whole story is actually found. Bald eagles have been used as a symbol in our pop culture for a very long time. From books to movies, the role has often been as that of a symbol, a physical depiction of classic American values, that puts into image what often can't be said with words. Nowhere is this more appropriate than on The Muppet Show. Sam the Eagle is the personification of those good old wholesome American values. Debuting in 1975 and the second of two pilot episodes for The Muppet Show series, Sam the Eagle is a blue feathered eagle that acts as the self-appointed censor and advocate of cultural educational acts for The Muppet Show. He takes his role as an eagle to heart and takes the responsibility of being a symbol for this nation very seriously. He strives to promote and protect values that he deems to be wholesomely American. While not always in the spotlight, Sam has been a constant presence among the Muppet cast ever since the beginning. He has served as an editor, censor, participated in the panel discussions, sat up in the balcony with Statler and Waldorf, and even served a prominent role as a CIA agent in the Muppets' most recent cinematic adventure, Muppets Most Wanted. Sam has also had a troubled family life, though. He has admitted that he is separated from his wife. According to him, she just flew the coop. He also has two kids, one son and one daughter. Both are in college, but neither write right to him. Bald Eagle numbers are on the rise, But that doesn't mean that their population still isn't at risk of a sudden decline. Bald eagles are slow to mature and generally will only raise one to two chicks at a time. That's why conservation groups like the American Eagle Foundation exist. And today I'm going to highlight them in our conservation conversation. The American Eagle Foundation was founded in 1985 as a small dream originally funded by corn containers held by volunteers outside of Walmarts in Nashville, Tennessee, From those small beginnings, the American Eagle Foundation has grown for over 30 years, but its goal is still the same, preserving and protecting bald eagles through education, rehabilitation, and habitat preservation. For more information on the conservation efforts they perform, how you can get involved, or looking into bald eagle-related paraphernalia on their shop, check out eagles.org. Well, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked today's episode, please consider sharing with a friend. And if you have any questions, comments, or want to share your most memorable encounter with a bald eagle, email the show at mythozoologypodcast at gmail.com. Also check the show's Facebook page at Mythozoology Podcast. Stay tuned for when the next episode rises from the depths. But until then, be well and keep learning.